0: This episode of the Downward Spiral Podcast is brought to you by the FLAA, the Fake Lawyers Association of America. We object to the idea that you have to be a real lawyer to practice law. We would enter into evidence that grizzled 1890s prospectors and marijuana smoking enthusiasts have been representing themselves for years. It's not hearsay to say that we'll be the best fake lawyer you ever had. Call us for all your legal needs. We don't get paid until we need to. Remember, you can't get disbarred if you were never barred to begin with. This is the downward spiral. All right, and welcome to episode 12 of the Downward Spiral Podcast. I am your host at Asteroid Phil S. No guest today. It's Godfather Week on the Downward Spiral Podcast. And what that means is we're handling all the family business. Everything that's been bothering me for the last couple months, haven't got a chance to talk about. We're putting it all on the table. Resolve it right now for you. Breakout, Lucille. It's August. We're recording this August 9th. And what does that mean in August? Dog days, 90 degree heat, everybody's sweating, hitting the beach. And that age-old tradition, the NFL is going to court. Don't need Peter Guns to know that this is deja vu. Every single year, it feels like since 2007 with Spygate, the NFL has ended up in some kind of scandal that Roger Goodell is handling terribly. 2007, you had Spygate. Then you had Bounty Gate. Then you had uh, the Dolphins bullying scandal. You've had countless domestic violence uh, situations going from Ben Roethlisberger barring people in bathrooms and allegedly sexually assaulting them. The charges were dropped. Uh, To Ray Rice punching his wife in the elevator. Greg Hardy slamming his wife's head in the toilet. Ray McDonald doing all kinds of crazy stuff. The only thing that they have in common is that Roger Goodell is being crazy. So what we're going to talk about today, putting Roger Goodell in the crossfire, going after Deflategate and Tom Brady. Uh, Like I said, we're recording this August 9th. August 12th, Brady and Goodell will sit down in the same room with Judge Richard Berman uh, for their first settlement hearing. Uh, They have a second one scheduled for the 19th before they officially go to legal arguments. But at this point, both the Players Union and the NFL have filed their official legal briefs upon which they will be making their oral arguments. Keep in mind, it's August. This story started in January. Kind of ridiculous that we got to this point, so I think we should probably take a minute and see how we got here. First, your official disclaimer, I am a Patriots fan. I've been a Patriots fan my entire life. I'm going to try to be as objective as possible here, but at the same time, my view of this story has been colored from moment one by the fact that I am a Patriots fan. So if you're a hater, understand that my opinions might not exactly match up with yours in terms of my interpretation of some of the evidence, but I do feel like all true NFL fans will be able to see through the bullshit that the league is spinning and see that this is hurting the players and their teams potentially a lot more then it's hurting the Patriots and Tom Brady to begin with. And so this is much more a league matter than it is just time to hate on the Patriots again. So where do we start? January 18th, AFC Championship game. Patriots kicked the crap out of the Colts 45-7. to After the second half kickoff, there was like a delay as they were trying to get balls into the game. It seemed pretty weird at the time, but... Like, I can't remember anything like that happening in any playoff game I can ever think of. But, either way, you know, the first half, the Patriots have played well. Second half, they played even better. Again, 45-7. to Tom Brady's actually phenomenal in the second half. The 19th. Actually, really, I think it was the 18th. Maybe it was after midnight on the 19th. Bob Kravitz, who is, uh, was a reporter for the Indy Star... now works for one of their television stations, reported that the Patriots are going to be investigated about uh, reportedly deflating footballs. Kravitz took a lot of heat from Patriots fans, uh, basically because it seemed like sour grapes at the time, especially because we had no information about it. All you can say about that particular story is he got right. They were going to be investigated for deflating footballs. Now apparently what happened was the Ravens had said something to uh, Chuck Pagano, the coach of the Colts, about some K-balls, kicking balls, and whether the Patriots' balls were uh, inflated, deflated, more than normal. So then Ryan Grigson, general manager of the Colts, sent some very... Uh, as a Patriots fan, I'm going to categorize them as sore loserish emails ahead of the game uh, to the officials saying, please, we would really hope that, you know, you give us a level playing field against the Patriots and, like, make sure that they're not deflating any footballs. The NFL ignores the shit out of this. Go to the game. Second quarter, Dequal Jackson intercepts a ball from Tom Brady. He says it feels deflated. They give it to their coaches on the sidelines, who then report it to Grigson, who goes knocking on the NFL's door. Uh, Troy Vincent, who's the head of football operations, was in attendance, and, as, as well as Mike Kensel, whose name might sound familiar because Patriots fans are basically blaming him for all the fake information and leaks that came out after this. Uh, They were both there, and so they decide we're going to measure the balls at halftime. They measure the balls. They're underinflated. So they reinflate the balls. They go out and play. Uh, They measure the balls again after after the game. They seem to be fine, but they're going to start an investigation. Reportedly you know, whatever facts and figures you want. Reportedly, Mike Kensel said on the sideline to the Patriots, we got you, we need deflating footballs, or something to that effect, basically gloating about the fact that the Patriots were caught cheating again. So then uh, Chris Mortensen reports that uh, or 11 out of the 12 footballs that the Patriots were using for the game were, uh, were two pounds underinflated, we have a report that there was one football that was as low as 10.1. For everyone keeping score, the allowable range is 12.5 to 13.5. So, they do this. The Patriots, Belichick comes out and does basically his Mr. Wizard uh, impersonation in a press conference, getting into the Super Bowl, basically saying it was fucking science. I don't know what else to tell you. Uh, And then Tom Brady comes out and gives kind of a bizarre press conference that looks like nobody had prepped him ever to answer questions like this because it seems like a ridiculous thing. And so the NFL decides, fuck it, we're going to actually seriously investigate this. In part, I believe the decision was driven by the fact that the NFL believes it, and by the NFL I mean the majority of the owners in the NFL believe that they, the Patriots were not punished harshly enough for Spygate. Spygate, really feel it's not as big a deal as everybody makes it out to be. It's a practice that everybody in the NFL was doing at the time. Belichick continued to do it after a memo was sent out that everybody needed to stop. So, yes, it's a violation. Did it need to be punished as harshly as possible? No. Was there a lot of false information leaked back then? Yes, including the information that the Patriots were filming the Rams walkthroughs before the Super Bowl, which turned out to be horseshit. So the Patriots were punished for that. Reportedly, there's an agreement that should Belichick be caught cheating ever again, he's going to be banned for life. Who knows? But either way, that's, that's where the NFL is coming from. They decide to launch an investigation. They name one Mr. Theodore Ted Wells as the independent investigator. Ted Wells is the lawyer for a law firm that represents the NFL. So his independence is a little bit in question. For those playing NFL Scandal Bingo at home, Theodore Ted Wells is also the quote-unquote independent investigator from the Dolphins' bullying scandal. Gotta love any independent investigator who can make you sympathize with an asshole like Richie Incognito, but that's besides the point. So, back to our story, the league goes ahead and investigates. And it takes forever... Like, right now, they, they created the investigation on January 23rd. That's where we are at this point. Uh, both the Ravens and the Colts are saying that they didn't uh, notify the league about the deflated footballs. So that turns out to be bullshit. Uh, turns out it was the Ravens who blew the whistle to the Colts who blew the whistle to the league. Two of your biggest crybaby teams in the league, your Baltimore Ravens. And Indianapolis Colts. So, even before the Super Bowl, Ted Wells says he expects the investigation to take several weeks. Several weeks, it turns out, again, this is before the Super Bowl, January 26th. It's going to take several more weeks. When you say the word several as an uninitiated person, you're probably thinking, oh, it's going to take like three weeks. It'll take a month, maybe. Nope. May 6th. It takes... Five months. Four months, really, because it's the end of January to the beginning of May. Four months. 16 weeks. And what fucking universe is 16 weeks? Several. Releases his report. Uh, first off, the corporation that they use for the science in the Wells report is a company called Exponent, which, without going too deep into their sordid history, is basically science for hire. Like, they're the dudes who said that, like, smoking wasn't bad for you and shit like that. So their science says, oh, it couldn't have been the science and the ideal gas law, which now everybody outside of a middle school chemistry class, high school chemistry class, now knows what the ideal fucking gas law is. It wasn't that that deflated the footballs. Nope, had to be a guy, Exponent says. Science cannot possibly explain the inflating and deflating of these particular footballs, and it definitely had to have been an intentional act by a guy who was probably wearing a hamburglar mask on the sidelines. So that's Exponent's report. Pretty much every other scientist in a country from places as diverse as Colombia... Uh, conservative think tank AEI, some high school guy up in Maine, I'll say actually science pretty much does explain this perfectly. This is exactly what the ideal gas law is. But you know, you do you exponent. Hope to check clear. But in addition to that, Ted Wells, uh, Ted Wells applies a very specific legal standard to his report, which is that it is more probable than not that the Patriots committed some kind of infraction. Okay. So, in terms of the legal standard, for all you street corner lawyers like myself, members of the FLAA, what that means is that it's basically 51% to 49% that the Patriots did something. What that means is that it would stand up in civil court. And They're not doing, like, beyond a reasonable doubt or anything like that, which is you know, the criminal proceeding, it's the civil standard. So, like, I get why he used that phrasing. It just sounds kind of stupid. So then, in addition to that, he also says that one Thomas Brady, Thomas Patrick Edward Brady, was was more than likely generally aware of what was happening. Okay, so for this super-sinister, ball-deflating scheme being hatched by the Patriots' genius ball boys, Ted Wells applies the specific legal standard of more probable than not. Then when it comes time to describe Brady's involvement, he throws legal standards out the window. And now it's just he was more than likely generally aware. Which means it's basically the equivalent, and many people have made this analogy, of you watching your buddy shoot up steroids in the bathroom and not telling the league that he's juicing. So I don't know what world the NFL grew up in, but in the mean suburban streets of Natick, Massachusetts, where I grew up, snitches get stitches. So I feel like generally aware, really not a great standard to be holding people to. Now, in the middle of this, there's a bunch of text messages between... John Destrumski who was, you know, basically the guy who prepared the balls for Brady and this dude Jim McNally, people call him Bird apparently, going back and forth about stuff, McNally getting, you know, shoes and autographs, stuff like that from the equipment team and Brady and then McNally calling himself the deflator. Now, Destrumski and McNally that he was calling himself the deflator because he was trying to lose weight. I'm a large dude. If I'm losing weight, I can't lose weight. I'm not deflating myself. So I get that's a stupid text message. More likely, they're trying to come at their asses, but more likely, it's the fact that McNally was the dude who after, you know, every practice or, you know every game and everything like that was the dude who deflates all the footballs for storage. That would be my guess. But either way it doesn't really matter because what McNally did was he took the balls out of the official's room without an official telling him that he could do so without an official escort from the NFL went into the bathroom for 90 seconds disappeared off the cameras came back out the process was compromised. Am I going to say the Patriots did it? I have no idea. Is it more probable than not? I have no idea. Honestly, it doesn't even fucking matter at this point. So the NFL, based on the the Wells report with the Patriots fucking furious at, they uh, hand down the punishments for the Patriots, including like a million dollars in fines and uh, loss of a first-round draft pick and another draft pick and shit like that and basically hammering the Patriots with the harshest penalty in the history of the league uh, Craft is Furious releases a new website called the Wells Report in Context, which goes line by line through the Wells Report attacking all the shit com. if you have the time, it's entertaining as hell cause it's super biased and hilarious uh, but it's a lot to read but either way that's Bob Craft being furious. Goes to the owners meetings around that time. And uh, I think it was like five or so days later. Uh, well, Actually, in the middle of this, the, uh, the league also suspends Brady for four games. Which, by the way, is the same suspension a second time PED user gets in the league. Uh, first time user actually gets a fine and just gets put into the program second time user PED program gets a four game suspension but that put in context with the Ray Rice fiasco of getting two games Greg Hardy getting ten games reduced to four on appeal uh, for beating the shit out of his wife seems kind of stupid and an overly harsh suspension. So Brady appeals the suspension, obviously. Now, here's the important part. The name on the letter of Brady's suspension is Troy Vincent, Director of Football Operations. Director of Football Operations has no leeway to actually suspend people. Roger Goodell has that leeway. He can designate a person within his disciplinary group to suspend people. Troy Vincent's is not part of that group. This is all within the NFL CBA. Collective bargaining agreement. This is all a union fucking fight at this point. So this all happens May 11th. All the penalties come down May 12th. Patriots do their website. Uh, May 15th, the NFL PA says, hey, we're going to appeal Brady's suspension. Then, uh, basically... The uh, Bob Kraft and Goodell meet at a. It's actually a birthday party. It wasn't even an owners' meeting. It was a birthday party for CBS Sports dude, and they sat down and hug it out. And uh, Kraft the next day says he doesn't want the rhetoric to continue against the league, and he drops whatever he was going to do. There's really no recourse for teams to appeal. Penalties against the commissioner, which is super weird. Uh, You would think there would at least be, like, a tribunal of other other owners who could take a look at it. They probably wouldn't overturn it, but, like, you'd think that there should be a process for that. There's not, but either way, Kraft says he's going to drop it. He's not going to sue the league and go all fucking Al Davis on everybody. Widespread thought at this point is that Kraft did this to get Brady off the hook. Little back-channel deal, which is theoretically, how the NFL operates. If you're saying that there's a back-channel deal saying if the Pats are caught cheating again, Belichick's going to be suspended forever, banned from the league, then you also have to say that uh, this could also be a back-channel deal. So that's the thought process. Uh, The NFLPA, meanwhile, is asking Goodell to recuse himself from the uh, hearing of Brady's appeal. The reason for that is because, first, they complain that Troy Vincent doesn't have the power to suspend him. Goodell says, well, no, I actually suspended him. Vincent just wrote the letter. So they say, well, it seems pretty fucking unfair that you can give the suspension and then hear the appeal of said suspension. That's really not a fair process. And Goodell said, hey, it's in the CBA. Go fuck yourself. Because the NFLPA is the weakest professional sports union in America. Uh, Major League Baseball has the strongest union. NBA is actually pretty close behind. Uh, The NHL Players Union is still actually stronger than the NFLPA. And the reason is, for anybody who's interested, and I know that nobody is, but the reason is, is that the NFL has a very small upper class of elite players who make a shitload of fucking money. And then because there's 53 people on every roster... 46 game day roster 53 regular roster through the regular season there's actually a huge huge lower middle class of people making veteran minimums and rookie minimums which is like i don't know a couple hundred thousand a year a hundred thousand a year maybe. now that's a lot of money to people like me and you to somebody who's literally like damaging their brain on every single play, shh, don't tell the NFL. That's actually a pretty raw deal, especially when you factor in that the average career length in the NFL is only three years. Now, in three years, I might make less than half than what one of these guys makes at the league minimum, but over the lifetime of my working career, I'm probably going to catch up to some of these dudes, especially when you factor in that I theoretically am not damaging my brain permanently by playing football for three years. But the problem is that those guys need that money, and there's a lot of people willing to step in and make those minimums instead of your elite players. So it's very hard for the NFLPA to actually strike. So Goodell tells the Players Union to pound sand. In terms of the recusal, they hear his appeal... Don't release any information on the appeal. Uh, Goodell takes another several months, uh, or actually, it was it was a month. It was a month. Was June 23rd. The appeal takes place. July 28th. The announcement comes out. It took a month for him to decide. on on a one 11 hour session. It took him a month to decide. He's going to uphold the suspension. Go home, Roger. Brady and the NFLPA then decide to go to court. So, here's where the legal stuff starts to get interesting. So, what happens when Goodell releases the information on Brady's appeal, saying that, hey, we are upholding the suspension of four games. This is after Greg Hardy's ten-game suspension had been reduced to four on appeal. So, Brady is now serving the same amount of games for his suspension... ...for a dude who's basically... ...put his wife's head in the toilet... ...and started slamming the toilet bowl lid... ...down on her. I don't want to equate it... ...because... ...legally... ...it falls under different policies. It's still bad optics... ...for the league. And I use those words... ...bad optics because that's what everyone says... ...about Tom Brady's cell phone. In the decision... ...upholding the suspension of Tom Brady... Goodell makes mention of the fact that he had several conversations uh, with John Dostromsky where he said that they talked about nothing except preparations for the Super Bowl and didn't mention the ongoing investigation of Deflategate, and he found that to be disingenuous, and then he didn't turn over his cell phone, so he was being non-cooperative with the investigation. And in fact, when Brady met with Ted Wells on March 6th, turns out he had destroyed the cell phone. The physical cell phone he was using was destroyed, and so they couldn't get any of the information. So these are the reasons he's upholding the suspension. So the NFL, the actual league, when they release the decision, immediately files a lawsuit in the uh, Federal District of New York so that the Players' Union can't file their lawsuit in Minnesota. Minnesota is where they had some recent successes with Judge David Doty. Um, He was the one who vacated the Adrian Peterson suspension and it hurt a couple other cases. He had been a little bit more favorable for the union. And so the NFLPA had filed their lawsuit there, but because... It's a first filed thing. Everyone gets sent to New York. The judge that gets assigned in New York is Judge Richard Berman. Uh, Basically takes a case and says, You guys need to settle this. This is stupid. Uh, But yes, I will hear the case. In this scenario, generally what happens is the player who is suspended uh, will file for injunctive relief against the league to allow him to play while the suspension is being heard. Mainly because irreparable harm can come to their reputation. Uh, Not to mention the fact that if he serves the suspension and it's eventually overturned, he can't get those four games back. Like He can't go back in time and play them. So, Brady decides not to do this. Instead, He and he, in partnership with the league, file for an expedited hearing, meaning that they want everything to be heard before the season starts. So the union and the league both agree that they basically want to get this decided by September 4th, which would be the first game of the season. Uh, Berman tacks on that he would like them to have at least two face-to-face settlement hearings between Brady and Goodell. Uh, He sets the dates of the 12th and the 19th. This is all pretty traditional, except for the fact that Judge Berman basically keeps harping on the settlement thing, uh, mainly because federal judges don't actually want to rule on anything and don't want to set precedents that are possibly then overturned on appeal. So, ideally, a federal judge never has to do anything if he doesn't want to. He just wants everybody to settle. Here's basically the argument from the NFLPA. The NFLPA is arguing that Roger Goodell broke the laws of the shop. Didn't notify Tom Brady that he would be punished for not turning over his cell phone at any time. Uh, they're saying that he that they never told him he was being punished under this specific specific competitive integrity in, integrity policy, which allows the commissioner to basically. Uh, Do whatever he wants in terms of penalties uh, because, under the CBA, equipment violations generally come with a fine of eight thousand dollars for players. A first time offense, maximum fine would be about eight grand. But under the competitive integrity policy, Goodell can do whatever he wants. The problem is, is that that policy is not applicable to players, it is not sent out to players, players are not obligated to sign that they have read and understood this policy. Only club executives, team owners, coaches are required to understand this policy. So, that's basically the NFLPA's argument, is that this whole thing has kind of been bullshit from the beginning, um, and that they've been railroading Brady under policies that they can't, Uh, punish him under and that basically it's kind of been a witch hunt so there's a couple things to note here first off whether Tom Brady was involved in any scheme or plan to deflate footballs that's no longer the issue if Brady did that shit he did that shit but it doesn't matter anymore Because the arguments are actually about whether or not the NFL has the ability to punish him for anything that he may or may not have done under this specific policy. And that's why I say smart NFL fans should be behind Brady at this point. Whether you think Brady did that shit, or whether you think Brady's an asshole, ultimately you should be supporting the players on your team Against this commissioner who basically wants the ability to suspend any player at any time for anything for however long he wants. Judge, jury, executioner, you know, basically, Goodell's out here, judge dreading it up like I am the law. That's not how it should work, especially when you're somebody as incompetent as Roger Goodell. I think we'd all know what we'd want to tell Roger Goodell in a situation like this if it was happening to our own team. Go home, Roger! Second, the question is, is the league actively trying to take down Tom Brady for some reason? The argument that a lot of people who are close to the league have said is, well, why would the league want to destroy one of their most visible players, one of their you know, greatest champions, and Tom Brady? And there's not a whole lot of motive there. Everybody's pointing at Mike Kensel. Who used to work for the Jets? Who was the guy who was on the sideline, being like, "We got you, we got you," and everybody's kind of assuming that none of this would have happened without Brady say so. <laughs> Again, it it doesn't matter. I don't know if Brady did it or not. I I feel that you know probably the guys did something, just Remsky and McNally. Like it's it's super weird. But it seems like they may have done something. I don't care. Doesn't seem like a big deal anyway. Brady, I don't really think he did anything. First off, in terms of destroying the cell phone, is the biggest dodge on the face of the planet. The NFL has been arguing that not by destroying the cell phone, he willfully destroyed evidence. First off, that's not true because they had no right to his personal cell phone under the rules of the of the CBA, players only have to turn over any communication devices that actually belong to the team. Any personal devices they are not required to turn over. So they had no right to the phone. Ted Wells says in his report, in his testimony at Brady's uh, appeal hearing, and in his press conference after he released the report when everyone was slamming it for being super biased and like un- kind of unprofessional, actually, uh, for an independent investigator, uh, he said that he didn't need the phone, didn't want the phone, told him he didn't need or want the phone. All he wanted was a list of text messages and people that he was communicating with, possibly about uh, footballs. so Brady tells him in the appeal hearing, I've destroyed the cell phone. it's the cell phone was broken when that happens. I then tell my assistant to destroy the cell phone so that no information can be retrieved from it because, let's face it, if you're married to Giselle Buncheon and she's sending you, you know, some sexy pics from time to time, you got pics of your kids who are now famous because they're, A, children of Tom Brady and Giselle Buncheon, or, B, uh, the son of Bridget Moynihan, who's Tom Brady's baby mama, like there's a lot of there's a lot of famous Hollywood shit going on you know he really doesn't need to put out into the public, so I totally understand why he didn't want to hand over his phone, and I totally understand that they had no legal right to the phone, so it doesn't even matter but this is this is this is the information that the NFL is saying why Tom Brady needs to be suspended for four games is because he destroyed a cell phone that they had absolutely no right to in fact. Brady went as far as contacting AT&T to go ahead and try and get all the text messages that he sent from that phone and provide them to the team. AT&T said it wasn't possible to retrieve any of that information; they don't store it. Uh, but he took all of the phone numbers that he had, uh, he had texted and called and everything, whittled them all down, got them to got down to 28 people that were league involved that he might have discussed these footballs with, gave those names to the league, numbers, and the league said, Oh, we don't we don't want to be looking into all this. We don't want to be asking these people for their phones. You know, at a certain point if you're handing over the records that they asked for and they say, Well actually we don't want to we don't want to investigate those records any further like how's that on Brady? The other piece is the fact that Goodell is saying he in the phone conversations with Jastrzemski, Brady testified that they only talked about the Super Bowl, and he said this in his in his decision to uphold the suspension. And Judge Berman, who is quickly becoming my favorite judge in the federal in the federal district of New York, not you know because people have those if, if you got your federal judge fantasy league, Judge Richard Berman is his stock is sky high right now either pick him up off waivers or I would suggest trading for him cause he's doing he's doing solid work he, said, he tells these guys that he wants to settle, he wants them to settle and then he says that they can't enter into evidence any information that's under seal which means there's no confidentiality anymore for the league, everybody had been assuming that the NFLPA had not wanted the transcript of Brady's appeal to be released uh, this was reported by several reporters close to the NFL that, you know, the NFL PA didn't want this transcript released. Well, as part of their lawsuit, they entered the transcript into evidence, so it becomes public record, including about, like, a million emails and other, other documents that go along with it. Um, what's interesting, though, is in the transcript, Jeffrey Kessler who's Brady's attorney, who is a notorious league beater when it comes to lawsuits, actually goes on the record saying, hey, can we release this transcript immediately? I would like uh, this to be a matter of public public record because there's a lot of public interest in it and people want to see it. And the NFL is the people that shut him down. Why? Because there's a lot of things that make the league look bad. There's Ted Wells saying that he didn't need or want the phone. There's the fact that the science guy was basically debunked. There's the admission that the NFL's general counsel helped to wordsmith and edit the report. And that Ted Wells wasn't really independent. Uh, There's a lot of shit the NFL didn't want. I don't know. All I know is that in Brady's, in his ruling on the appeal... Goodell says that Brady testified that he and Jastrzemski talked only about the Super Bowl and that he found that to be disingenuous and lacking credibility. Well, now we got the transcript. We go back and read the transcript, and Brady says, in response to the question about Jastrzemski, and I'm paraphrasing here, he says, yeah, we talked about the Super Bowl and getting ready because he had never prepared for a Super Bowl before, and so I wanted to make sure he was good on that end. And then we were also talking about... Uh, the scandal and the footballs and trying to make sure that he was good on that end too and it wasn't distracting him because again we had the Super Bowl to prepare for so Brady actually goes on the record saying yeah we talked about Deflategate and we talked about the Super Bowl it was kind of a wide-ranging conversation I don't remember the specific details Go
1: home, Roger!
0: Goodell at the very least misrepresented Tom Brady's testimony in his ruling on the appeal. At worst, he lied about it. The legal difference being that Goodell had to have malice in t- malicious intent in order for it to be considered a lie. Um, I tend towards lie. I tend towards it being a flat-out lie. Because when you're upholding a suspension of somebody and you are... Basically misrepresenting their testimony and you are using bullshit PR tactics talking about a phone that you have no legal right to um, in order to you know basically paint this dude as a bad dude who needs to be suspended. that to me starts to scream malicious intent. I don't know, that's just me. but at the end of the day, what this whole thing has become about is it's become about Goodell's power over the players in terms of disciplinary functions, and I gotta say it's a very, it's become a very distressing system because we've gotten to the point where Goodell and he's wanted this from the moment that he came into league because he came into a league with Adam Pacman Jones and a lot of dudes going out and getting into trouble in strip clubs and uh, stuff like that. Now the problem is more uh, problems of domestic violence, which are becoming much more prevalent in the league, or at least the attention being given to them is much more prevalent because there's been domestic violence incidents in the league going back pretty much as far as you can remember. um, I think the first one that I vividly remember was in 1996, Ray Carroth who was on the Pan- Carolina Panthers wide receiver uh, murdered his pregnant wife and left her car left her in the trunk of his car um, on the side of the road um, that dude is in jail big time but you know you want to talk about domestic violence incidents you have Jovan Belcher from a couple years ago kills his wife kills himself um, they're the there's a lot of these kind of events happening and whether or not you want it related to the fact that these players these dudes are playing a collision sport that has now been scientifically and medically shown to be damaging their brains at you know a very basic level. I don't know what you want to call it but the league's in trouble and Goodell is now a big part of it because the other thing is that you have this white paternal figure punishing a league that's mostly African-American. Basically on his own whims. Because he feels that they're not... Not even because they necessarily broke rules, but because he's disappointed in them. And I get it. Tom Brady's a white guy. Like, you want to talk about white privilege? Tom Brady has all of it. He has all of the privilege. In this particular case, he's the same as any other player in the league, including those dudes making... uh, you know, the minimums in the league with no rights and no guaranteed money or anything like that because he's just at the whims of the almighty Goodell. Also, if you think that Goodell hasn't for a second thought to himself that it's good for him to be seen punishing such a visible white player as the black players in the league are starting to complain that they are punished unfairly and harshly. Uh, you're kidding yourself. Poppy, Gonzalo- uh, Poppy Levitard on Highly Questionable calls him Fidel Godell, and I laugh every time he does it, but it's really close to the truth. And so what the argument is for the for the NFLPA is really, you know, all players need to pay attention to this and need to be supporting Tom Brady in this because it can be any one of you. It can be any one of you that, you know, basically... Goodell says, oh, you violated the integrity of the game, or you looked at somebody the wrong way, Uh, I'm suspending you for however many games I want, and there's nothing you can do about it. Uh, You know, you look at something like Major League Baseball, there's an independent arbiter for everything. Whether it's actual arbitration, when players go to, you know, basically players who are There's, you know, built-in an arbitration year. They go to the arbiter and they say, this is how much I should be paid. The team says, this is how much they should be paid. And the arbiter comes up with whatever the actual figure that he's going to be paid is. You know, you look at that and you say, okay, for discipline in the NFL, yes, fine. Roger Goodell can hand down suspensions for the players. That's fine. But in terms of actually appealing that process... There's no way that you should have uh, the dude who hands down the suspension be able to hear the appeal of that suspension. Like, how likely is it that he's going to turn over his own decision? Like, it's, it's completely ridiculous, and I heard at least one lawyer on the radio this week basically saying that to call, to call the appeal process for uh, player suspensions and arbitration is an insult to the process of arbitration to begin with. But what's interesting is, you know, the players are also going against it for the fact that it's not really an independent process because Ted Wells is basically an asshole who works for the league. One of the other guys who worked on the uh, Wells Report with Ted Wells was in the room for Brady's appeal acting as a lawyer against Brady Uh, Not to mention the fact that the general counsel for the NFL, Jeff Pass, supposedly had oversight over the final draft of the report or the initial drafts of the report, you know, offering notes. And in Ted Wells' words, wordsmithing, which basically means helping to phrase shit, doesn't really sound independent. Not at all. Basically, the NFL hired a team to go in and prove that the Patriots were cheating. That's what they did. It's a great report. He did his job. There's nothing wrong with the job Ted Wells did. They just need to stop insisting that it was independent. Just put it all on the table. No, it wasn't an independent investigation. Yes, we tasked him with finding any malfeasance that might have taken place with the Patriots and trying to find any evidence of an actual scheme. Guess what? He did. Mission accomplished. But again, we're getting kind of close to the end of this story. Thank God. So Wednesday, I think it's Wednesday the 12th, they're going to sit down for some more settlement things. But in the meantime, the NFLPA and the NFL have submitted their legal briefs. So in the brief for the NFLPA, the NFLPA uh, calls Goodell an evidently partial arbitrator, which means that he's biased. That's fancy lawyer words for biased. And basically, in terms of their unfairness, they say his reliance on Ted Wells, uh, the conflicting roles played by Wells and his colleagues, um, the fact that the league never corrected the misinformation that leaked out about the story initially, which was harmful to both the team and to Brady, saying that 11 out of 12 balls were deflated. Not true. That one of them was as low as 10.1. Also not true, and they had the measurements. So, how the fuck do we get 10.1 out of fucking thin air? Uh, and that information was never corrected by the league. Uh, as part of this process, Robert Kraft went back to wellsreportcontext.com and released, it, released emails from the Patriots lawyers and PR team to Jeff Pash and the legal team at the NFL saying, hey, can you guys correct this shit because the leaks are coming from your end? And Jeff Pasch was saying, I don't think we can say the leaks are coming from our end, but no, we don't want to stop them because we don't want to cause more uh, confusion and speculation. Which is a weird fucking thing to say when the Patriots are asking you to correct speculation and confusion. So, if there's speculation and confusion out there that 11 out of 12 balls were 2 pounds underweight, and that one of them measured 10.1 psi, and you come out and say, No, that is factually incorrect. I don't understand where the more confusion and speculation is coming from. So it's weird that, like, all of this is super weird that the NFL would behave in this manner with one of their marquee franchises, uh, marquee owners, and marquee players. Like, I don't know what the intent is, I can't give you the motive on this. All I know is that it's really fucking shady. So the NFL, in their brief, basically, actually now goes on the offensive for the first time saying that it doesn't matter whether Ted Wells was independent or not because there's no language in the CBA saying that there has to be an independent investigation. Only that, you know, basically the league would investigate or something like that. But at this point, that makes absolutely no sense as an argument because Goodell has been maintaining Ted Wells' independence for fucking eight months at this point, or seven months, or whatever the fuck it is. It's ridiculous. So, like, even January 23rd, when they announced the investigation from Ted Wells, Mr. Wells and his firm bring additional expertise and a valuable independent perspective. From May 6th, when the report came out, Goodell's statement, I want to express my appreciation to Ted Wells and his colleagues for performing a thorough and independent investigation. Why do you keep harping on his independent if it doesn't matter? Because now you're kind of admitting that he's not. So... You know what?
1: Go home, Roger.
0: And then the NFL is you know basically the NFLPA is also arguing that a player in the NFL cannot be suspended for general awareness of the misdeeds of others. Um, they're saying it's the competitive integrity policy, which is roughly the same equivalent as a PED suspension. And what they're saying is, is that you can't punish Brady for being generally aware of what Jastrzemski and McNally were doing because you also can't hold your teammates like basically get your teammates in trouble when you're the one taking steroids. Well, he knew that I was taking steroids, so he should be suspended too. No, that's not how the fuck it works. It's a very it's actually, that's a particularly compelling argument from the NFLPA. Um, the NFL's argument is that he's being punished for more than that. He's saying that he approved of, consented to, and produced inducements in support of a scheme to tamper with game balls, and willfully obstructed the league's gate investigation. So what that means is that Brady was behind the whole thing. He was the mastermind, and he was bribing these guys to do it with the autographs and everything like that. Now, if if Judge Berman holds that that is true, It's a bad day for equipment managers and staff on every football team in the league. And the reason is, is because autographs and autograph memorabilia are one of the biggest, like, quid pro quos in that relationship between the equipment staff and the players. Hey, can you get me those gloves that I want? Sweet. Here's an autograph thing. Here's you know, basically, oh hey, can you run out and do this favor for me that's kinda beyond your job description? Oh great, thank you so much. Here's the autograph thing. Like that's kinda how that relationship works, which is why Brady said, I basically sign whatever I'm asked to sign, you know, from anybody who works for the team. He goes, I don't ask questions, I just sign it. Because it's it's basically it's a gift. It's not a bribe, it's a gift. More to the point, it's a gift for people who basically get treated like shit by professional athletes all day. You know, these guys are working for fucking Peanuts having to go out and, like, do their fucking laundry and dry cleaning and, like, all kinds of random fucking errands for them just so these guys can go out and win a few fucking football games yeah, sorry, I'm going to be okay if Tom Brady or Vince Wilfark or, you know, any other player in the fucking National Football League is fucking signing a pair of shoes for a guy. And in terms of what the Wells Report has uncovered, Brady is on record, under oath, categorically denying that he had any information about this. He's on record, categorically, categorically denying that he you know basically consented to any of this so that's their evidence on that end and then their other evidence is that he texted back and forth with Jastrzemski which they have all the texts and none of it mentions anything like that it's basically a lot of assumptions and like legal gaps that would get to the point where you say that Brady is the mastermind of whatever scheme there was to deflate footballs And that's really the biggest fucking problem with all this. You can't fucking suspend a guy as the mastermind of a scheme without any proof. You can't do it because you believe that it's unlikely that he wouldn't have known about something like that. Or that because you don't believe him when he talks about, you know, whatever text messages he may or may not have sent. I mean, we fucking covered this years ago in A Few Good Men. It's fucking horseshit.
1: You and Dawson, you both live in the same dream world. It doesn't matter what I believe. It only matters what I can prove. So please, don't tell me what I know and don't know I know the law.
0: But Roger Goodell, he doesn't know the law. He's not a lawyer. It's why he wasn't able to conduct the fucking appeal, uh, appeal hearing himself and had to let one of his other lawyers step in because he doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. So once again, with all his fucking assumptions and all his fucking beliefs and everything like that, I'm going to tell him one more fucking time. Go home, Roger! Matt Chatham, who is a former linebacker for the Patriots, who now runs a website, Football by Football, based out of New England, has been arguing for months that basically the explanation for all this is fucking science, and we need to get over it, and the NFL needs to take it up the ass, and Just be done with it. And so far, I mean, he's kind of been right on the money. I know Scott Fujita, who was a linebacker for the Saints during Bounty Gate, uh, which also had their suspensions vacated basically completely uh, by the independent arbitration of Paul Tagliabue, former commissioner of the NFL and Goodell's boss, who basically said, what the fuck is this dude doing? All these suspensions are gone, you have no evidence. What Scott Fujita said is basically he doesn't know all the details of the Deflategate case, which is one of the smartest things anybody can say in this particular instance. You have a lot of former players, current players, speculating on this, including Jim Kelly, saying, I think Brady's guilty because he's not doing enough to clear his name. I mean, he's suing the fucking League, Jim. I don't know what else you want him to do. I mean, do you want him to do the fucking Cersei Lannister fucking shame walk? Through, no, I'm definitely fucking innocent and have fucking Roger Goodell walking behind him, yelling shame while he walks through the streets? Well, yeah, no, now we know that he's cleansed. Like, it's fucking horseshit. He's suing the League. He's doing exactly what he needs to do to declare his innocence. If you don't fucking believe him, that's your own fucking fault. But basically say he doesn't have all the information, but from what he's seen and what he's read, it seems like the league is for some reason railroading Brady. It seems to be the case. There's a lot of misinformation. There's a lot of uh, defam- defamatory material that's made it into the public consciousness about this, including the fact that they you know, phrase it that he destroyed his cell phone rather than give it to Ted Wells. No. He told Wells he wasn't giving him the cell phone because he didn't have to give him the cell phone. And honestly, he shouldn't give him the cell phone. He's protected by the union in that case. You know, if my boss comes and asks me for my cell phone, I'm going to say, no, I'm not going to give you my cell phone. You know why? Because I'm already fired anyway. Like, there's no... If you're working in a regular job, your boss isn't going to come ask you for your personal cell phone to look at text messages. They're just going to fire you because that's how that works. The Union protects Brady in this instance, so he doesn 't have to give him the phone, so he doesn 't give him the phone. Then the phone breaks, and he has his assistant destroy it because he doesn 't want any like any Giselle nudes or pictures of his kids or like information about contracts, endorsements, you know any of that information to become public it 's perfectly understandable. I mean people have been making fun of the emails that got logged into evidence. he has an email saying that. He believes the Brady-Manning thing is going to be decided by the fact that he's got seven or eight years left and Manning has two. And everybody's kind of harping on that, on Brady being an asshole. Listen, I think he's exaggerating in both areas. Manning, as long as he can stay upright and not hurt his leg, probably has three or four years left. You know, would I bet that it's more than two? I don't know. Does Brady have seven or eight? We don't know because he doesn't have the injury history that Manning does. I mean, ultimately, again, it's all about health. Nobody fucking knows any of this shit. Um, But the other thing, the one that I found hilarious was he was arguing with this dude about what color pool cover he was going to have. Like, you know, he said, I want the white pool cover. And then the guy came back and said, they're out of white, we're going to do gray. Um, Giselle said she's going to do gray, so we're going to do that. And Brady was like, you know, fuck these guys, why don't they have white? Like, what kind of asshole company doesn't have white pool covers? it's just like, really? We're going to get that mad over pool covers? All right, Tom. It's just useless information, and information that paints him in a less than flattering light, you know, in private conversations that don't need to become public. It's the same kind of thing... For better or worse, it's the same kind of information that shouldn't become public, like when uh, Donald Sterling is recorded in his own home. Yeah, Donald Sterling is a racist asshole. It shouldn't have taken those recordings for us to realize it and boot him out of the league. Maybe we should have been paying attention to all those housing fucking lawsuits from ten years ago. Maybe we should have done that. You know, same thing with Hulk Hogan. You know... They're recording in his own home, like, yes, you can say that's truly who that person is because that's how they act in their private life, away from the cameras and everything like that. It's still not necessarily fair to them. Uh, and then the other thing is, is that Ted Wells says that him not turning over the phone and destroying the phone was ill-advised and damaged his credibility even though Ted Wells himself says didn't need the phone, didn't want the phone, told him exactly what they needed, and then they provided it to him. So, I'm sorry, what's the lack of credibility, Ted? Like, because he didn't go above and beyond what you wanted? Like, it's like, there's it a lot of fucking crybaby bullshit happening over this. I think, ultimately, what you're going to see is over the past few weeks, the NFLPA's case has gotten a lot stronger. The NFL's case has gotten a lot weaker. You know what that means in court? Fucking nothing. It's a 50-50 shot. But at the end of the day, none of this has any bearing on whether or not Tom Brady actually fucking did anything. I think at this point, it's been fairly clear that most likely, he had nothing to do with anything. And the NFL, for whatever reason, for whatever bizarre fucking reason, has been coming after the Patriots and Tom Brady, is it because Bill Belichick's an asshole, and because Tom Brady says asshole shit, like, read the rule book to the Ravens? Like, I'm sorry, the Ravens and the Colts have been getting beat by the Patriots for years, and every time something happens, they gotta go fucking crying to the league. Happens every fucking time. First, we beat Manning in 2003 by beating the crap out of his receivers. All of a sudden, nobody can touch receivers anymore. You want to talk about offense in the NFL? Blame the Patriots. Because we were, we were playing too rough with, with uh, Marvin Harrison and Reggie Wayne. And so they decided that, hey, let's cool it and let's let receivers run wild. So that's what happened there. Now you have the illegal shift, which Tony, uh, Tony Sterator, Gene Sterator's son, was uh, doing a ref conference call with uh, local media and said, what the Patriots did was absolutely legal, but we changed the rule anyway. I mean, he didn't say this part, but we changed the rule anyway because the Ravens were bitching and moaning about how it wasn't fair to them because they didn't know those rules. What it sounds like to me is that there's a lot of fucking people not knowing the rules from the people in the fucking league office all the way down to the players on the field. It's the same thing when uh, they were asking Troy Vincent under oath, director of football operations, former player for the Philadelphia Eagles, they asked him, when you measured the footballs at halftime, did you take into account the ideal gas law and the idea that the footballs would deflate naturally? And he goes, no, I had no idea that that existed. Okay, why Why do we not fucking know this? Like, you know that your fucking tires inflate and deflate? Like, it's the same fucking thing. Like I hate to be that guy Troy Vincent but it sounds like the football player didn't really get a whole lot out of chemistry class in high school. Way to be a fucking stereotype. I don't get it. I don't. don't, like. at At the end of the day, I feel like this should have gone away months ago. Hopefully it goes away this Wednesday. Hopefully they come out of there with a settlement and you see Brady pay a fine for not handing over the phone and everybody goes on their merry way. And honestly, I just think it's time we put this all to bed. Like, I let's let's just face it. Suspended, not suspended. Tom Brady's innocent. Suspended, not suspended. Patriots are still going to be in the playoffs. And we'll see what happens when we hit the field then. Like, with Jimmy, we'll probably go 2-2 two and two in those first four games if Brady's suspended. Don't even care at this point. We'll still be there at the end of the season. We always are. Like, it's... You're not what's what hurts me the most, or not what hurts me, but what hurts the team the most is the loss of that first round draft pick. And I think after he's seen the way that the league's treated Brady, I mean, Kraft's pretty pissed about that too. He wishes he never had capitulated. He even said, you know, he he was wrong to put his faith in the league. And I think that's strong words and it's good advice for any player. Don't put your faith in the league. Don't turn over your cell phones. Don't cooperate with the league only as much as you have to under this current agreement. And when it comes time for the next CBA, I hope to God they strike. I hope to God the players strike and get this shit fixed. Because there's no way that somebody as moronic as Roger Goodell should should have unlimited authority in terms of punishing players. On that note, this piece of family business is done for the day. I'm going to get out of here. I've been at asteroid. Phil S. Hit me up on Twitter. Put this out there. Have you, any of your friends get ready for their fantasy league. Listen to this. You'll probably enjoy it. And I'm going to be back later in the week with Kate, where we're going to talk about women and diversity in comic book movies and the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Another thing that you've probably seen me blow up on Twitter about Putting it to bed. Everything's going to bed this week. Settling all the family business. It's Godfather Week on the Downward Spiral Podcast. And I'll see you next time.
1: See how this how this goes down though. Acrobatic. I'm repping the Pats, kid. Pats Nation. We repping the Pats, kid. Roger Goodell. You hustling backwards. You see where I'm going with this right here? Hey, yo. Pats Nation. We repping the Pats, kid. Acro. I'm repping the Pats, kid. Take over, deflate gate's over. Y'all need proof here, let A to the K show ya. While Ted Wells head swells and Goodell deflect shells, they bring in shame on the whole NFL. Straight up and down, they ruin the league's integrity by scapegoating the league's most decorated celebrity. We know the reason for the Brady suspension is because he gets them old geezers' ladies' attention. If you ask me, the deflate gate's the greatest invention. Cause now we got a whole new list of haters to mention. The NFL needs to bend Jim Ear, for life to the public and stirring up hearsay. Roger Goodell, it's obvious you are a hater. You want to be the judge, jury, and the arbitrator. Don't persecute a man, because you ain't liking him. The balls are deflated because Gronk kept spiking him.